This is Transistor.fm. Do you have a small team? Are you doing that solopreneur thing? What if your project management software didn't cost you anything? Well, Clubhouse has just announced a new free plan for teams up to 10 people. Try it now. Clubhouse.io slash build. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2019. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing. Follow along as we build Transistor.fm. How's it going, man? Good. I was just jamming out to the new Beck album. There's a new Beck album? Yeah, it came out today. Wow. It's pretty good. His, he has, it's his 14th album. Now, on the spectrum, on the Beck spectrum, from experimental and weird to poppy and radio-friendly, where does this one fall? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, it seems like a little bit in the middle. Okay. Sweet. I'm going to have to check it out. I fa- there's, some weird, there's some weird stuff on it, but that's usual. Have you uh, listened to the new uh, DJ Shadow album? Were you ever into DJ Shadow? I was into DJ Shadow. No, I didn't know he had a new one. Yeah, I, yeah I've just started listening to it. It's, um, it's a double album, and the way I understand it is the first half is just instrumental, like kind of the instrumental stuff you would expect from DJ Shadow, and then the second half is like MCs rapping over beats he's made. Oh. So, yeah, I, I, introducing was like, it blew my mind when that came out. That was that album is amazing. Yeah, it's an amazing album. And at first, it felt like I know I wasn't the only one that discovered it, but of my friends, it was the only like cool album I discovered before anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So we got a few things to talk about. I thought we would open up with something that. Peter Sum noticed on Twitter, he said, hey, are you not doing bare metrics open startups anymore? When did he notice this? Probably about 15 minutes after I turned it off. Oh, wow. And actually, it's interesting because it, the, the thread was, Des Trainer was mentioning that the new CEO of Microsoft has added 800 billion to their is it 800 billion or 80 billion to their market cap? Probably 80. Probably 80. And I just did some quick like math and said, "Oh, that's 160 160,000 times transistors uh valuation." <laughs> and uh I'm I'm sure Peter was looking at that and then was like, oh, I'm going to go see what Transistor's doing on open startups. Oh, yeah. But couldn't find it. So what, what uh, for people that don't know, what is, what is open startups? Mm. So uh, if you go back in the archives, you can hear John and I talking about this, that the idea is behind open startups is that you just share all your numbers. You share everything. You share how much revenue you're making. You share how much each employee is getting paid. You share, uh, the idea is to be transparent. And people have different reasons for this. Some folks do it for marketing. 
do you remember kind of our rationale behind why we decided to do it? Because we did it on bare metrics and we did it on indie hackers. Right. I think, well, I think we did it because we were just trying to be so transparent about building a company on this show. Mm-hmm. And that was one aspect of it. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, when you're wondering what it's really like to build a SaaS, you do kind of want to know, well, how does a company grow? And if you go back, I mean, if you go back in the archives, because the company, at least the iteration where you and I are working on it together, um, it's coming up to two years, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah, two years in, well, I guess in January, right? In January, yeah. You started telling me about it in December. Actually, you might have started telling me about it in November, and then the Cards Against Humanity show launched in December of 2017. Yeah. And then... So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, the code itself is over two years old. mm Mm-hmm. Which is weird to think about. But even it's weird to think that you and I have been working together for two years. Yeah, it doesn't. That doesn't seem. That seems too long. It does. Yeah, time is weird. I mean, I was just thinking about this today. I remember, I, I was just finding it hard to believe that it's already Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and that's only and that's only seven days. So I was like, Justin just told me to have a good weekend, <laughs> and it's already Friday again. That's true. <laughs> what, what the hell? What happened? Like. Wh- Time is weird. Time is weird. Another topic, actually, I, I think we should talk about sometime, which it reminds me that we really do, when you can, it it helps to enjoy the time you're in right now. Yeah. Um, but so back to, so Barometrics. So Barometrics has amazing uh, analytics, revenue analytics for SaaS companies. Uh, Josh has done a really good job of, uh, building these dashboards that look incredible. And if you go to barometrics.com slash open, there's a bunch of startups that are re- that are showing people th- their revenue numbers. And you can even drill into like MRR uh, and see like growth and churn. And it's really detailed. And at the beginning, I felt, I think both of you and I felt like this is a good idea because we're sharing our journey and we're starting from nothing. We're starting from zero. Yeah. And I mean, there were times in the beginning where it was really hard. I was writing blog posts at the time called <laughs> called the Bootstrapper's Paradox, which is like I was starting to freak out because, you know, we'd been working on it for six months or something, and we had $750 in monthly recurring revenue. <laughs> right. So I think it made sense for a long time. But from the beginning, we said we weren't going to do it forever. Maybe, could you tell me, because we've talked about this privately, what have been some of your feelings lately about having our numbers public? I feel like it's motivation for other people to to use it for particular reasons. Like, I don't know, we got... We've been getting, I think, more and more emails of whether or not they're legitimate or not of, you know, people wanting to partner up or Mm -hmm. invest or I don't know, something like that. Or just like 
I've gotten random emails of like, congratulations on hitting such and such MRR. Like, let's talk about, I just ignore it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I think we're certainly past the, the main struggle point. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard to put a finger on why I wouldn't necessarily want them out there anymore. It's like, yeah, we almost have to like justify it now. Yeah. Or something like that. Or internally, I feel like we have to justify it and that it's this weird, like, um, imposter syndrome where I feel like we don't deserve it to, or something like that. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) no, I think that's, I think that's actually well put. Like so much of it is just a growing discomfort about having the numbers public discomfort in the sense of we know our competitors look at it and discomfort in the sense of we know, I mean, it, I'm sure it has encouraged new competitors to enter into to the the category. Yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed to competition, but you don't necessarily want to say, come on, everybody. Like, you know, yeah. like if, if you find a good surf spot, you generally just want to keep it quiet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think the other thing for me personally is just it started to give me more stress. Because now it's almost like people know your secrets when they're talking to you. Like you have this weird, these mental games, like, like, have they been looking at our numbers? And is this, is this comment on Twitter, is this cynical because they just know about all my numbers? And so I think that played into it. Uh, And I mean, honestly, the other thing right now, our growth is still good, but I know it's not always going to be positive and I didn't want the additional stress of like when we hit our first um, dip in, you know, I've, I've been listening to all these other bootstrap podcasts and eventually companies stop, uh, MRR stops growing in the same way. Do you know what I mean? Like right, right. now yeah. our, our growth is you know, MRR growth increases 15%, but that can't be sustained forever. Right. And there probably will be months where it'll actually be less than the previous month, mm-hmm. even though we'll be at, we'll be at a level which is comfortable, but it's still like, there are months probably where it's going to dip. Yeah. I mean, if you're at a billion dollars a month in monthly recurring revenue, <laughs> if you're growing sure. at 1%, that is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and so I just didn't want the stress of knowing that my numbers were out there and, you know, when we have our first dip, oh, this is a good way of putting it. I don't want to have to act like a performer in that situation. Do you know what I mean? Uh, not exactly. No. In some ways, I, you can worry more about the audience than the problem that's in front of you. Worry more about appearances than actually thinking critically about what you're doing. Yeah. And you see companies fall into this all the time. You know, Elon Musk has to maintain a public image on one side, right? And that that performance anxiety of I'm performing and I don't want to, you know, I've got this audience and I'm basing things on their reaction can really be a huge... Uh, <laughs> Uh, 
distraction from wait a second yeah. let's let's just in a safe place think about what do we need to do now yeah i'm sure we'll still talk about it yeah like when whenever that month happens i'm sure we'll talk about it and we'll i'm sure we'll talk about we'll still talk about numbers and expenses and mhm exactly so um yeah we've turned it off on bare metrics and we've turned it off on indie hackers so i hope it was helpful for people while we were doing it and uh i i you know there's still some company i i actually noticed buffer is no longer on there um huh. uh, convert kit is still on there but buffer is not and so uh yeah it'll be interesting to see you know why what folks do with it. I think it's good for a season. I don't think people should do it forever. Um, you're working on something new in, uh, in our, our, uh, our shape up process. Yeah. in our not, not six week cycle. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how many weeks we said it was two or three. It was pretty short. Yeah. I wanted to get it done before Thanksgiving. Yeah. U.S. Thanksgiving. Yeah. When is it? That's, uh, that's like, that's this weekend or Thursday, next, weekend? next, next, Thursday. Next Thursday. Okay. It's late, late in the month, twenty seventh. Yeah. Eighth. I'm. It's like all the Canadians are just waiting for Black Friday. It's like, why is Black Friday so late? <laughs> <laughs> why is Black Friday at all? I mean, let's. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. So we're working on <laughs> analytics. Um, what was the first step of that project? Uh, the first step is to be able to export certain aspects um, as a CSV. So we've had that we've had that request quite a bit of like, hey, how do I export my analytics so I can analyze them on my own or show them to someone else? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's done. We could actually probably roll it out today, um, and that includes an export of all your episodes over time yeah. by day and you can you can see how many downloads you got per day per episode uh, over different time periods. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a export of popular podcast players. Sim- similar it's you know downloads per day per different app that you sign so, you know, up Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and apps like that so you can kind of see how different players change over time yeah um and then there's an export of like geographic locations so countries uh over time yeah and how those change so i think those will be really useful to a lot of people yeah it's perfect example of a request that comes up all the time that's not just like a nice to have but you can tell I, I can especially tell if I'm doing some of that, like if I'm if I'm manually like trying to put stuff into Excel and then, you know, crunch data for our customers, it's like, okay, we should probably just have this for our customers. This will be useful. Yeah. And then the second one is an actual uh graph of podcast players over time. Yeah. So it's actually similar to the data you get if you export, but it's a chart. Um, a line graph of comparing multiple different uh, podcast apps at one time over time mm-hmm. to see how those change rather than this like donut chart we had. Yeah. Which was percent a percentage 
basically overall percentage of the players at like of all time. Yeah. You couldn't compare, compare anything. So I, I think it'll be useful still at a glance. It's different. Yeah. I mean, you get a different, it's different. Yeah. I think this one, this one to me felt like it really benefited from the shape up process. Like we've been, we've been kind of rolling this around in our heads for a long time. We've talked about it over and over. And then we actually sat down and said, okay, why are we doing this? Who is this for? What are they trying to solve? When, like, what's the, who is this for and what is it for? Mm-hmm. And how will we measure success? Like, how will we know we've hit the mark? And to me, it's people who are reporting every week and going, hey, this week we had a, we did that promo on Spotify and Spotify plays jumped up by 30%. And here's the graph that shows it. Yeah. Um, those are the kinds of stories we've been telling as we were experimenting with it. And it also felt, at least to me, that it was the most... Because the CSV export, I I mean, I was... I could interact with you a little bit on that, but, you know, and talk about, you know, how it might look and all that stuff. But this one here, having both of our brains kind of thinking about it seemed helpful because, you know, I, I jumped into mix panel and I was able to bring one perspective of, hey, this is how these line graphs work in mix panel and maybe we could have something like this. And then you basically took that paradigm and you had it you had it that day. Like it was, it was a pretty quick, uh, it didn't take you very long. Yeah. I had a, I had a good idea of how our charting library worked, but had to still learn a bit of new, uh, JavaScript for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it was interesting cause it's like, I had a sample data set that was super small, so it looked fine with eight different players. But then I, I looked at all of the different players that we have in our production database. Yeah. Basically uh, wrote some sample data around that. And it's like 25 different apps and you can't obviously plot those on a chart at the same time. Yeah. It just looks like a Jackson Pollock painting. (laughs) So. Uh, Which we are selling on uh, Etsy now. (laughs) It's it's another, it's another income stream. Right. Uh, Reproductions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's just a, you know, um, I, is that what they call trial, trial and error? Yeah, and those those kind of decisions are called are those called affordances? Where, see, I always misuse words, but because in that particular case, what we're rolling around now is how are we going to limit what the customer can see here in a way that's helpful? So. Yeah. Is it really helpful for them to see 30 different podcast players? No. What are they actually trying to do? What what are what's the the point here? And you know to to be honest, we could probably limit it to 5 podcast players and be fine. Um but going through some of those scenarios, what does this look like if your podcast isn't very popular and you don't have very many plays? What right. does this look like if you have 50,000 listens per episode and all of the apps are, you know, they're in the double digits. Um, but even then, as you start to say that out loud, you're like, okay, well, if everything's in the double digits, that's a limit of 10, right? 
yeah, it's interesting. It's it's a mix of is this useful to look at with all of this information or should we limit it? And is it even useful to give people the option to to almost to like dig down that deep and see all these tiny apps that I mean I th- I think we're going on the assumption that most people are going to want to see how their people are how their listeners are listening mm-hmm. the majority how the majority of their listeners are listening yeah so that they can make decisions to target different whoever I don't know different apps or Android versus iOS or something so. This is probably a good time, actually, while you're still working on it, and I've got screenshots to reach out to some of those customers that I know are doing weekly reporting and and say, hey, what do you think about this? Like, this is kind of what we're working on. Does this make sense? Because really understanding the customer's context, like, you and I aren't creating weekly reports on this podcast. Like, we're, no. we don't report to anybody, so we don't know what that's like to have to go into an office and um, defend the po- the company podcast. Like, it has to it has to compete for resources and time and everything else. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, I think our goal with all this, and including all the, the other analytics um, updates we want to make, is just, like, at a glance, is this page useful? And... To, to most people and then giving them the ability to export data so that they're not like pigeonholed into how we present it and they can use that data however they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You know who really understands data and representing it well? Postmark. Postmark is another sponsor for this week and uh, they do transactional email delivery for apps like yours, if you've ever had people complain that they're not getting your email, uh, even, you know, sometimes uh, some of these providers, it'll say the email was delivered, but the, the recipient's saying, I didn't get it. And Postmark solves that problem. In fact, if you search on Twitter for people who are upset with the other providers, <laughs> almost always someone recommends Postmark. And right now, you can get a free month of Postmark if you go to postmarkapp.com slash loves slash build your sass and use the coupon code build your sass. That's all one word. You'll get a free month. Postmarkapp.com slash loves slash build your sass. Nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if any other uh, developers or SaaS SAS app builders are, lis- are listening to this and have this, this experience, but it seems like most support uh, channels will get quite a few emails that are like, hey, I tried to reset my password and I didn't get the email. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, all the time. Yeah, and even with this new private podcasting feature we built, one of the features I wanted in it was, yes, we're going to email them a link, but let's have a way in the dashboard for us to copy the link because... Yeah. You just always want another way of doing things. Yeah. There's so many reasons an email doesn't show up and you probably don't want it. At least you can eliminate your email provider as being one of those. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it would be interesting because to talk about this list, top podcast hosts, this was um, listennotes.com did a, 
basically using the Apple Podcasts API, did this big dig into all the data. Uh, and I, sorry, I John, I didn't send you the link for that. I'll put it in the show notes, but I, I just put this in our own spreadsheet. And uh, I think what's interesting to me about this list, and you folks at home can go and check this out, is just to see it's representative. You know, here's all the players, like all the competitors in the space. And then you can see how many podcasts are being uh, published on Apple Podcasts from each. Now, our number is about, we have about 4,000 podcasts total on Transistor. And what does it say? Is it for us? Is it 2,000 2000 podcasts on Apple Podcasts? Um, I think so. Yeah, I think it's around 2,200, 2,400, something like that. For example, um, who who did Basecamp just switch off of? Uh, Art, uh, was it Art19? Art19. So Art19 has less podcasts on Apple Podcasts than we do. So you can see they're going after a different model. They're going after it. They're trying to highlight and shows that are going to get a lot of traffic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're, uh, they're, I think they call themselves the Enterprise Podcast Hosting Company. Um, and so you've got Seth Godin is on Art19. Um, uh, Macaulay Culkin is on Art19. You know, all these different folks are on Art19. And it's either you're paying them a lot of money per month or you're using their ad stuff and making money through ads. And I'm, yeah. I'm assuming they get some of that. So just interesting. And Art19 has been around, I think, for three or four years. And then, um, you know, Libsyn is the clear leader there. And they've been going forever. And then just interesting to see, like, look at all the big players underneath them. And, you know, it just brings up all sorts of interesting thoughts for me. Like, you know, is more always better? What does that mean? If a, if a podcast ha- host has more, you know, more podcasts on Apple Podcasts, is that better? And maybe it is and maybe it isn't. Uh, in one sense, it's amazing how many podcasts we have compared to some of these independents that have been around for a long time. Right. And uh, that was actually the most surprising part, is that we are uh, less than two years old, almost two years old, and there's players that have been around for three, four, five, six, seven years, and we're either, we either have more shows than them or we're right close. Uh, I think it was Pippa that was just acquired, yeah, and by a- Acast, right? Yeah, yeah, by Acast. And, um, you know, from a valuation perspective, you could say, oh, wow, you know, they were acquired and um, Transistor's kind of right there. So. Yeah, that is pretty, that's pretty interesting. Um, and then there's Anchor, which is <laughs> mm-hmm. is newer than us and is just like, has a massive amount of podcasts, but they're probably abandoned. Yeah, we know. Right? I mean, because it's because it's free and it's so easy to start a podcast, I guess, with them. Yes. And get it into iTunes that it's probably... Well, and this is actually going back to our other discussion about open startups. It was another reason I didn't always like having our numbers public is because the numbers on their own don't always mean anything. 
So we could say, well, look at Anchor. They're the second most popular podcast hosting provider. Yes, but what does that mean? What does that mean for podcasting? What does that mean for what, what kind of shows end up there? What kind of effort do people put into those shows? How long do they last? And right. <clears throat> Is that company making any money and can they stick around? Can they sustain it? it, it it's actually one of the reasons... Hmm, actually, now I want to know if I want to say this publicly. Well, this kind of dovetails into our other... I won't say what I was going to say, <clears throat> just because we have a competitor that I think listens to the show that I, I just don't want to... I just don't want to comment on this, but this dovetails into how <laughs> in Slack you said I was posting stuff in our pod, our pod <laughs> industry thing, and you're like, uh, let's just not worry about this. <laughs> well, yeah, it was. I think a lot of it was around people doing promotions or sales or like new pricing with with free tiers, and it just seems like it's so easy to get caught up in that. Yeah, and say, oh my god, they're all doing this. They're going to take all of our all of our customers because now it's free or it's it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. It's just like this path down to zero where everything's free and yeah. And yeah, I, I think the bigger thing is like you even mentioned like do we Justin we don't want those customers. Like anybody who's signing up for that you do not want those customers. Our 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 pricing does act as a filter in a way right. of and we already know um, the type of customers that don't last. Unfortunately, there's a little bit of <laughs> profiling here. Uh, but like profiling by, for example, uh, Hotmail and Yahoo addresses churn way at a much higher rate than, uh, well, definitely corporate domains. Yeah, that's true. And that just makes sense. Uh, you know, if you think about it, it's like, okay, well, yeah, there's the, we don't have to comment too much on that to say okay there there are certain types of customers that are not willing to pay as much that are harder to deal with like we will never do an app sumo deal people also asked if we if we wanted to do a black friday deal this has been interesting too um uh because in the past i know you're you're uh, philosophically opposed to black friday uh <laughs> in the past i've done black friday deals because i needed the money and so there was a um, I knew like there's some years I would make, I don't know, 30, 30 grand just from black Friday. And that made up for, you know, all the months leading up and all the months after that wouldn't be as great. But when people ask me this year, I'm like, I don't think we'll do it because, and not saying we'll never do it, but it doesn't make sense. Like we, we don't want more revenue in this fiscal year. Like it's not like we were, we're like, okay, we got to get as much revenue in December as we can. In some ways, we're like, no, we've got enough growth for this year. Like, uh, right. And then, <clears throat> yeah, it, it, Black Friday stuff for for like SaaS businesses and subscriptions seems a little bit weird. Yeah, because then you get. I don't know. I think you have customers that sign up that are sort of expecting it to be that cheap forever. And we, in some ways we already do. Like we have an annual plan that if you pay for the annual plan, you get two months free, um, which is a great, which is a great deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, and I think in future years, what we might do is we might try to promote the annual plan a little bit more. 
but honestly, in some ways, uh, my my concern about it was I just don't know what we would do with the money. Like, there's no we we wouldn't we we could get, bring in a bunch more money. Typically, when you do stuff like that, like Jason Cohen started when he was really growing. WP Engine, he was selling annual plans so that he had a bunch of money in hand that he could go out and spend on acquisition, like buying ads mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. I don't have a plan for that. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have, uh, for acquisition, I don't have this, like, big plan for, like, oh, if we, if we just put, first of all, we're, ethically, we're not going to advertise on Instagram or Facebook, so that's off the books. Um, We've tried a we've tried a little experiment with Google Ads, and it didn't really seem to do anything. We might try it again, but it wasn't like it wasn't like a clear winner. So I don't have a way of like knowing like oh if we had all this extra money we would like it just feels like there's no clear place to bet that money right now. I, yeah, I also just don't know. I just don't know what type of people who want to start a podcast are sitting around waiting for a Black Friday sale to start a podcast. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Buying a TV or something is one thing, but... Yeah, totally. I, I'm with you. The only thing I thought, like, maybe we could do something around, but we don't... This doesn't need to be around Black Friday, is um, there is still something about setting people up for success in terms of having a good microphone and... I think audio, even our experience, like you started off with this little blue snowball and then we got you that mm-hmm. mic and having a, um, I want to say a spit protector, but a, 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 what do you call that? The windscreen. Having a mic with a windscreen is a huge deal. And when I listen to all of our new customers, the, the thing you notice right away is the sound quality. Yeah, and then the second sure. thing you notice is, is this entertaining or unique or interesting or compelling in any sort of way? Um, did, you, did you watch the Cybertruck event last night, the Tesla Cybertruck reveal? Uh, no, I, I saw some stuff on it today. People have all sorts of reactions to that design. What I was reacting to, though, was just the showmanship. The showmanship was so terrible. And it always is. It, he's an awkward person. Yeah. He's, they're never good. Yeah. And it, there's some that are better than others. This one was truly just like, oh my gosh. Just like designers can't like walk around and see bad design and like ignore it. I think for me, performance is so important that when I notice bad performance, I'm like, oh, there are so many ways you could have tweaked that presentation. And, it, and made it exponentially better. And <laughs> I think this definitely applies to podcasting. You, the, the quality of your audio is one thing, and then um, at least you set people up for success in being able to be compelling and, and actually be you know interesting, something that people want to listen to. So there's still something around that that I think we could help with, and I'm not sure how, but uh, like we've thought about... S- creating uh, podcast bundles where you maybe you pay for a year of business, but you get a microphone set up with it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might be a good promotion to do. Like we do it once a year. Like here's your, if you prepay for a year, we'll give you, you know, whatever. Yeah. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, there's some problems with that. So, yeah, I think that's that's all I got. You good? Nice. I'm good. All right, man. Yeah, well, uh... Let's yeah, let's keep on. let's thank the the Patreons. I don't even have them in front of me. I'm gonna have to guess when I I get to interject. Ah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, thanks as always to our supporters on Patreon. Uh, we have Eric Lima, James Sowers from UserInput.io, Travis Fisher, Matt Buckley from NiceThings.io, Russell Brown, Evandro Sassi, Pradyumna Shembecker. Noah Prale, David Colgan, Robert Simplicio, Colin Gray from Alitu.com, Josh Smith, Ivan Kirkovic, Brian Ray, Shane Smith, Austin Loveless, Simon Bennett, Michael Sitber, Paul Jarvis, and Jack Ellis, Dan Buddha, my brother. DanBuddha.com. Uh, Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Sammy Schuchert, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta. Oh man, the anticipation was killing me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, when is it? What is it? Is it? Oh yeah, I heard it. Oh, oh, it's coming. Uh, so, Junta did. I think I don't think I've told you the story, but um, uh, listener Mike Walker sent me. He heard us talking about how I wanted to try different mic inputs, and he messaged me and said, "I have a." USB to lightning adapter that I bought as an extra. I'll send it to you. And so he he mailed it to me, but he mailed it and all that was in it was this Apple thing and then a big piece of paper that said Junta. And <laughs> <laughs> I took a picture of it and posted it on Instagram. And uh, Dave was like, oh, that's funny. And he's like, wait, was that a real, like someone really sent you that in the mail? I said, yes. <laughs> That's that's real. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. And uh, he liked the idea of JuntaConf. So, I there you go. I mean, I said although I said Dave, like if we actually did that, it would be the most annoying event in the world for you to be at, <laughs> because it's the same joke. Right. Like he would just be, it, <laughs> he would just be there and be like, oh, it's Junta, but. Yeah. Well, we could call it well we could call it the hun- the junta conference which is the word but that but that's not a great word it's more about a group of people like forcibly taking over a country yes yes so probably not good i'm just thinking like there's there's no way for us to do junta conf and have dave there and not make it awkward right <laughs> like this joke yeah this joke is funny Right here in this space, in this space, everybody. But Junta Conf, I think I don't. I don't know if that can exist. <laughs> uh, is that it? Uh, Who else? Is there anyone else? No, no. Oh. Kyle Fox from GetRoarful.com oh, yeah. and our our sponsors, Clubhouse and Postmark. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. 
They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.